Hello, and welcome to the TV Movie Rewind Podcast with Matt and Todd. Hello. Today we are doing the 1985 thriller Fortress, starring Rachel Ward, directed by Arch Nicholson. Now, this was a HBO original movie yes. that premiered on HBO, but I guess it had a theatrical run in Australia, which makes sense because it is an Australian film based on an Australian novel based on an actual or two actual events in Australia, apparently. Correct. Yeah. So, this, is, this is really one of those or inspired movies. by, I guess. Yes. The, yeah. This is one of those movies that we've really kind of based the concept on this whole podcast on, you know, those yes. movies we just saw dozens upon dozens of times. When we were kids, I mean, this was on eight, like a lot of the movies we've picked. This was an HBO staple in the mid eighties. Yep, and it's and... the movie that dares to ask the question, "Where are you, Narelle?" Yes, <laughs> that's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah, I mean, this is one where um, the moment you know, uh, this is probably one of the first movies we ever recorded on anything. Well, that and and. It shows the difference between my 12 at the time, the thinking of yeah. my 12-year-old self and my 48-year-old self on, you know, this movie. Yes. And I think it actually goes, and we'll get into it, is how, like, some of the boys in this movie react to what's going on as well. Mm-hmm. So for those, you know, who have never seen the movie... Uh, it doesn't seem to be available streaming that I saw anywhere. No. Um, I looked it up to see if it was on HBO Max. I didn't see it there. No, in fact, this this movie is one of the movies that I got um, Netflix for back in the day. Back back when like Netflix started, right? And, you know, the late, early, uh, the late aughts, like 2006 or 7 or so, when I got my first Netflix account. Um, one of the reasons I got Netflix was to try to reminisce on a bunch of the movies that we're ultimately doing on this podcast. Runaway is one of them. Um, this movie is yet another. Um, and one of the reasons for that was, you know, DVDs are still relatively expensive. I couldn't remember, like, it was, it was pretty much, again, the reason for this podcast. It was like, I wonder if this movie is still good. I want to revisit it again. And I can't find it anywhere. You know, I can't find it at any of the video stores or Best Buy because it's such an obscure and older movie, but here Netflix has it. So, that's where I, you know, that that's where it started with Netflix, right? With the DVD service. And this is one of them. I wanted to see it again so badly. And I was able to find just two copies on DVD through Amazon. Yeah. And and the release of this DVD was 2017. So at least it is still out there. People are still trying to, to get it. But I, I wonder if it's more common in Australia. More than likely. More than likely. It wouldn't surprise me. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with this movie, it's about a teacher and her classroom full of students raging, I would say, what, 6 to 12 years old? Oh, I, I mean, I, I think older than 12, but yeah. Or I should say, yeah, I, think maybe, I think I'll go, I think I'll go might be older than 12 on the high side, but yeah. Yeah, it's possible Sid, Derek, and Narelle are, are about 14, maybe. Right. So the, it takes place in a very rural rural area. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a tough one. Of Australia, and it's a very it's a farming community. It's a very small uh, uh, school of uh, students, and they're all in one classroom, 
as we, we mentioned, their ages are anywhere from six to probably about 14. And yeah. Rachel Ward plays their school school teacher. And two weeks before they're off for the summer, four incredibly dangerous and men in masks sure. kidnap them all, load them up on a van, and take them to a cave where they're going to be held for ransom. Very suddenly and very violently. I mean, no shots fired, but they don't, they're not messing around. They're not talking mm-hmm. nicely. They're not saying, please come along. They're not saying, you know, we're desperate, but if you just do what you're told, you know, sort of thing. No, they just coming in like. Extremely aggressive, yeah. extremely threatening. They're, they're all wearing masks that cover their faces. We got a guy who is dressed as Santa Claus, but of course this is Australia. It's very creepy. Yeah. So he's referred to as Father Christmas. And he's the leader, and he is the most dangerous and unhinged. He thinks nothing about having a shot, sawed-off shotgun in the face of a six-year-old boy. Oh, no. No. In fact, you know, they kind of wave the gun around at any of them without um, without any real regard either way. Uh, yeah. Uh, the masks, so there's four of them. There's, um, there's Father Christmas, as you mentioned. There's, um, is it D- Dobby Duck? Or Dabby, Dabby Duck, Duck, I think, yeah. Yeah, um, I forget what the rabbit, I forget what the names of the rabbit and the, um, oh, what was it? Well, Pussycat, right? And what the heck was the rabbit? I think it was Mac the Mouse. Oh, it was Mac the, right, not a rabbit, I'm sorry, Mac the Mouse. Yes. And then I, I don't remember what the cat's name was either. It was just, yeah, I don't, I don't I, yeah, I don't remember either. I don't think they ever even said. But they're kidnapped, they're brought out into the middle of nowhere and left in a cave, which they then put a boulder in front of the cave. And at this point, you know, uh, Rachel Ward, you know, we'll get into it more as, as we talk, but let's just give an overview of the story here. They start to make their escape. And what's, what's important here is that, you know, these, these kids have grown up in this rural area and the movie starts with one of the kids killing a Fox. These kids know how to, out in the middle of nowhere you know correct yep because so they're, they're, they're not they're certainly not like we were at that age right with all, with all of the opening shots and be just between the context of the school itself which is nine children of a pretty wide age range they establish quite early and very very well just really how isolated this is um it's the type of place where like you look out your window and you can just kind of see for miles so you know if you're in the u.s and say you live in the plains area you know exactly what i'm talking about um when they are or just before they are kidnapped as the kids are just having their normal school day which is a very charming normal school day with little songs and stuff and it's you know you you get to meet them all they're all very cute we'll we'll, we'll get that i just want to give a a really quick overview oh sorry for people who haven't seen it so they escape from the cave and end up on the run from these kidnappers who continue to give chase. And the title of the movie comes towards the end where they find this mountain area with the cave in it that they are able to turn into a fortress and defend themselves from the kidnappers. And it turns into almost a Lord of the Flies type of situation where the, this teacher and these kids, you know, are fighting for their lives. Yes. Because uh, these guys... Have very evocative like a, of Lord of the Flies, yeah. Yes, these guys are clearly have no, at least again, Father Christmas has no compunction against killing anybody. It certainly doesn't seem like it, no. 
And now that things have gotten out of hand, they probably just feel it's easy enough to just kill these kids and go on with it. Because otherwise you would think, why not just let them go at this point and, and we'll make our own escape. Well, that's the thing. Like, um, so they have, you know, they have nine of them and the teacher, like definitely the kids and, and, and the, this, the teacher don't know, but um, we, as the audience really have no idea. Yeah. Like, will they actually, I mean, for all we know, they were never, ever coming back, you know, um, they were never, ever coming back to this cave. They were just going to die down there. They would collect their ransom and then just disappear and no one would ever know. Um, so, yeah. And the way that they're acting, it's certainly believable that they might just, yeah, kill them all off. Well, there are, there are a little few points I'll bring up later that, that kind of go against your theory there, but. Okay. Um, so as we said, the movie begins with, it almost, be, it, it's got eerie music playing right from the beginning where it's showing this farm just as, as uh, the day is dawning. Mm-hmm. And we meet Sid, who we said is probably about 14. And he shoots a fox that's been, you know, attacking the chicken coop of their farm. And that's where we meet that the Sid, his younger brother, Tommy, live uh, with their parents on this farm and also living with them on the farm is their teacher, which has got to be a nightmare for any any kids to have to live in the same house as their teacher. Yeah, I, I'm imagining it's just an arrangement because, um, you know, there's not much housing anyway, and I doubt she makes very much. So it's like, hey, you can live here, you know, if you be the teacher type of deal. Yeah, or she's just, you know, paying, you know, a, a rent. You know, like rent a room for rent, exactly. Yeah. But again, it shows that, you know, this is very rural. They're, they're you know, chicken and the fox in the hen house. Shown right at the beginning when um, Rachel Ward's taking a shower that the hot water goes off when anybody turns on any water yes. anywhere on the farm. So the 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 three of them make their way to school and we see we we see them as they're walking it's it really is farm country they get to the little schoolhouse and you know we're kind of introduced to the kids and like you know like you said they're singing nursery rhymes and songs and everybody has a part in this little song that they're singing yes which is important later on which is important later on and you know the teacher calls them all to class and you know they're but they're still kids Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Derek, who's the smoker and kind of the bully of the group. And um, Narelle, who's, you know, getting ready to read, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Sure. Um, And, you know, there's, the like we said, there's pretty much an even mix between boys and girls there's two like like toby is probably the littlest or the other the um i forgot her name the little long hit they're, they're probably the littlest about about five or six right and then we got sid derek and narell who are the oldest well we know oh then again i don't know what if australia in australia if it's any different but she does like i don't know exactly how the classes work but she does say kindergartners so you figure yeah five or six for a couple of them yes but again, whatever all class in one classroom and all at once. So she must have to do the lessons pretty much all together. Yes. Anyways, right. very quickly, these kidnappers show up and load them into a van. And 
as they and, and it shows that they're driving for what seems to be hours. Oh yeah. And Father Christmas in particular is incredibly threatening. But the older boys and Tommy played by Tommy, who is played by uh, Mark Aiden Gray, who is my Whit Bissell Award winner. Sure. Because yeah. he gets to play kind of the everyday precocious kid. Yes. In this situation. and Or capricious, if you prefer. Capricious. This is like, and again, I, this is kind of, I guess, how I even felt as a kid. Like, well, if these guys had tried to kick, kidnap me, boy, I would show them what for. You sure. know, just at that age where they don't recognize the danger that they're in. No, you're just jacked up with the testosterone. And it's and, almost yeah. an adventure. They're they're almost like, wow, this we're being kidnapped. This is some adventure. Well, I, I mean, as you stated before, and as the movie tries to establish from the beginning, it's like these are people who are survivalists. Well, they're not survival. I shouldn't say survivalists exactly, but basically they know how to survive. They're they're farmers. So, you know, they're working with their hands and they're dealing with wild animals in the Australian whatever this takes place. Um, I don't think they specifically say, but the book, um, the book of the real events obviously took place in similar places. Well, right at the beginning of the movie at the breakfast table where Sid comes in with the fox he's killed and the dad's right. like, well, it's, well, skin and it get ready for breakfast. And he does. And he comes back and he's got blood on his shirt. His mother's like, you're not going to school like that, are you? Like, what do you mean? There's just some blood on my shirt. Right. No, go get clean and, and, and get off to school. So during the journey, they the plan for Tommy they need to use the bathroom so they get them to pull over the van and everybody gets out and you know the teacher's like all right girls on this side of the road boys on that side of the road and she goes off with the boys and says to Tommy I want you to stay behind and when the van drives away I want you to just run as far as and fast as you can and let somebody know what's happening which and is that, a solid plan. I mean, I doubt they have bothered to even count them at this point. Or at least you, clear, you, you, you can understand why she figured as much. They clearly get back into the van and start driving away. The teacher, unfortunately, picks the song where every yes. kid has a part to sing. Right, of all the songs to pick. To sing. And as they're singing, when they get to Tommy's part, well, Tommy isn't there to sing it. But Sid clues in pretty quick and, and takes his part. And then the right. other little girl goes, but that's Tommy's line. Yes. And right there, Father Christmas is like, tells him to pull the van over. He takes Tommy, Toby, this little toddler in his overalls, is hung up. He got the, the shotgun in the kid's face and says, you've got 10 seconds to get that kid back in this van or I'm blowing this kid away. And I don't think it's an idle threat. No, not at all. And and Toby does a really good job playing terrified. And I mean, honestly, this guy, the 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 guys playing these kidnappers, one of them, uh, Vernon Wells, although you never get to see him, but he's Dabby Duck, um, are so intimidating. Like I'm not sure if those tears aren't real. <laughs> you know, uh, Richard Terrell um, uh, played Toby, and yeah, uh, all the kids are very good in this. Yeah, and he's getting swung around, you know. Yeah. It wouldn't be surprised with a shotgun to his face, yeah. Yeah. So Tommy ends up coming back, and they drive him out either further, and they stick him in this cave. And, you know, she's trying – Rachel Ward is trying to damnedest, you know, not only to keep the kids composed, Mm -hmm. but to be – 
herself composed and be the intermediary between these kidnappers who are pretty damn creepy too because they're all making insinuations. Yes. Not only Rachel Ward, but Narelle, who yeah. is, who, as we established, she can't be more than, than 14 years old. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, the actress, the actress was 19 or 20 at the time, but yeah, she's, she's playing obviously someone significantly younger. Yes. And which will become very apparent later on. Really creepy insinuations about, you know, what they would, you know, like to do. Well, initially, it's by a few of them. It's 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 more of implied, and then later in the film, basically directly stated. Yeah. So as they're like, you know, being led into the cave, she's like, you know, they're children. You can't possibly. And again, Father Christmas isn't having it. Right. He doesn't care. He, he's just ranting and raving and says, "Get him down there." And she's like, "Well." And then Tommy's just like, "I'll go first. I'll see what's you know." She, she's like, well, no, let's have Derek and Sid go first, the two oldest boys, and we'll have them go. And, you know, Tommy's like, well, then I'm next. And then when they make the insinuation against Narelle, Rachel Ward is like, um, what, we're going to let Narelle go next. And Tommy's like, but you told me I could. Like, no, no, <laughs> let's let Narelle go next. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy, I mean... Tommy is kind of like I forgot his name um, uh, from uh, Poseidon Adventure. Yes, and, Robin. Robin, right from the on the Poseidon Adventure, where like he's he's a goer, <laughs> he's you know he's 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 in, he, you know he's he's finding an adventure in it. So they're put in the cave. They're down there, and they you know, like brought their lunches along, and just as they're just trying to get composed themselves, the the kidnappers roll a boulder in front of the the cave entrance and of course the kids panic again but fortunately Derek who's the smoker has brought matches mm-hmm. and they're like yay we can see and now we need something to burn the kids are like paper we can burn our books Hooray. Yes. right so they start a fire with the paper and Rachel Ward is like so and, and she, again excellent teacher because she makes everything into a lesson what does this mean and one of them says, it means they've left. It means they put this boulder against the cave so they can go away and we can't escape. And she's like, right, so let's go see if we can push the boulder away. And she calls, you know, and Tommy's like, I'll help. Yeah. And she's like, I think Sid and Derek are a bit more bulk and we'll have, you know, more. And Sid's all like, yeah, what do these guys think we are, a bunch of kids? Right. Go up. Of course, they can't move the boulder, but... um. As they're eating and, and Derek asks for something to drink, Narelle offers him what she thought was her water bottle, but it was her salad dressing. And he takes a swig of that, which, you know, he doesn't have a quite quite a taste for. But again, Rachel Ward figures out, oh, this is an oil-based dressing. I bet you this oil will burn. We could use our shoelaces and cans and this oil to make lanterns. Which I have never forgotten since the first time I saw this movie. They're, they're, they, this is a, they, they kidnapped the junior MacGyvers. Yeah, I've never forgotten that. Um, that's Yeah, I've never forgotten that. I mean, I will probably die in the dark someday with my shoelaces firmly on next to a bottle and not even have thought about it. But pro- hopefully a decent salad. Um, but I've never forgot that scene. So as they get the lamps up, Sid again is walking around with the lamp and he notices that the smoke is 
trailing away. And he goes, there's got to be, the smoke is going somewhere. There's got to be another way out. So he and Rachel Ward go off exploring into the cave and they find an escape. Unfortunately, they're going to have to swim underwater, freezing cold water for a bit of it, but it's a way out. And, you know, we get almost like, again, out of the Poseidon adventure where they got to swim through this underwater cavern and you're kind of holding your breath to see if you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they all escape okay, but there are some, there is, you know, a few situations that cause some danger when, you know, the young children start to panic underwater. Yes, and she hits her head. They make it through to the other side. And again, the teacher, and I wouldn't have thought of this either. The teacher teacher tells them to, t- you know, they all have to strip down to their underwear because the water is going to be so cold. They're going to want warm, dry clothes when they get to the other side. So they pack their clothes in their lunch containers that will keep them dry as they swim through gotten died of hypothermia 20 minutes out on the other side right they get out to the other side and see a bunch of kangaroos and the kangaroos kind of give this look like oh great humans (laughs) well guys it looks like this area is bound for destruction too they find their way to a farmhouse this little old lady answers the door and Rachel Wood's explaining, we've been kidnapped. Can we use your phone? And that's when the door opened wider. And of course, Father Christmas is there. And she's super charming about not trying to panic in front of these people. You know, because again, everybody's out in the middle of nowhere. So if someone shows up at your door, that's going to freak you out. In the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the guy fires off a shotgun. The kids scatter. Again, Sid who obviously knows how to drive a truck because he gets in a truck and tries to get drive away, but he's, they're all captured and brought back into the house. And, you know, Father Christmas is ranting and raving again. And this is kind of where, I mean, you have to take him at his word for it, but he may be lying. When, when Rachel Woods says the kids are hungry, can they have something to eat? He says, your food's back at the cave. We were bringing it to you when you disappeared. So now you can go without. So if you believe them, that does imply they probably did at least want to keep the kids alive for the ransom. Right. But what I'm saying is it's it's I understand if the um, if Sally and the kids don't necessarily know that. No, that's no. what I'm saying. Like for all of it, for all they know, like that's it. You know, they have no so, idea what's going to happen. So they decide they're going to lock the kids and the elderly couple up in the barn because the cat guy goes out and checks. He's like, yeah, there's no windows and there's only the two doors that bolt from the outside. So we can walk, lock them in there, no problem. And the old lady starts saying, no, my husband isn't well. You can't put him out there in the cold. And Father Christmas bashes her in the head, knocks her yes. down. The husband he does not care. You know, is upset by this he charges and they just he just blows the husband away right in front of the kids sawed off shotgun you get the graphic illustration of what that will do to a person oh yeah and again just completely uncaring these these children who have just witnessed a murder and and brings them out to the barn locks them in there you hear the old lady continuing to scream and then you hear another shotgun blast and then that's over. 
And then you hear what we will find out, who we will find out later is Vernon Wells' Dabby Duck complaining that you said there wasn't going to be any killing. So at least as far as Vernon Wells, that, that one character is concerned, and perhaps, you know, the others, this was supposed to just be a kidnapping. Right, or at least that's what he was thinking. But it seems like Father Christmas is running the show and is ultimately going to do whatever he's going to do. Yes, I guess that's what I'm. I guess what I'm saying is like, and as we'll find out, um, at least three of them were willing to do. Were willing to go as far as it was going to go, as it needed to go, and or at least especially Father Christmas. It, it may not have been their original plan, um, but they were certainly willing to see it through, whatever that meant. Oh yeah, they. they figured there's no turning back now so wherever this takes us we're, we're already in right like D- dabby duck is the closest one well, is, Vern, again vernon wells is the closest one with a conscience on this dabby duck was obviously one and out at this point right i mean father christmas is this i mean the, the few we get to see much of would uh because dabby duck is you know out is the, is the first one out um the other three are reprehensibly creepy um you you can see it, you know, from the cat, especially during the scenes in the um, in the barn, which I guess we'll get to. But um, the most, well, um, really, um, Mac the Mouse is quite unhinged as well. But I guess Father Christmas takes it home. The one we know about the least, Dabby Duck, is is uh, the first one, and he's 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 probably the actor we know the most retrospectively. Yes. Yes. So we're out in the barn, and they've tried again. They've made a fire to kind of stay warm, and the cat is out. The the guy in the cat mask is outside guarding Sid, who is MVP of this whole thing. Oh sure, next to Rachel Ward, but she's the adult, so she kind of has to be. But right, I mean, if you're talking, if you're talking of the the, the kids, sure, yeah. Sid points out like they play off each other very well. Miss, have you, do you know how to hunt a rabbit? He goes, you come at a rabbit from the front because a rabbit can't see straight ahead. I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds damn good. Yeah, you figure the eyes are more on the side of their head. I mean, I don't know if they can't see at all in front, but I I see where he's going with this. It would be his blind spot. But that's the thing. He's like, you know, these masks these guys are wearing are destroying, they have no peripheral vision. Right. You know, they're these full on plastic, you know, Halloween masks that you would wear and you can only kind of see out the eye holes. They look like they should be in like Halloween three. Yeah. So that's when they devise, you know, she, Rachel was says, do you suppose we could catch a rabbit? And they devise a plan. And as you, you as they go, it was like, look, if we're going to lure one of these guys in here, if it's Father Christmas, we do not go through with the plan. If Father Christmas is the one that comes in, we just we're not we're not risking it. If it's anybody else, we'll try the plan. Right. So they lure Catman in, and you know they're singing songs, and Derek and Sid pretend to be tired. Can they go off to to fall asleep? And they have Narelle kind of. Be like, ooh, isn't that a big gun you have? Isn't that dangerous? I hope you don't need to shoot anybody with with it. And I think, you know, as as creepy as it is to get the 14-year-old girl to do it, it was probably the smart choice because if Rachel Ward had done it, the guy would probably have been more on guard. Very possibly. 
you know. And so, she, I mean, and she plays it really cool because he's holding that sawed off just inches from her. Well, they're even asking like, "Oh, well, aren't you afraid it's going to go off?" He's like, "No, nah, I gotta pull this this hammer back before it will go off." I'm like, "Oh, I hope you don't have to do." And that's when Sid comes up from behind, swings a yes. two by four into the guy's skull and knocks him out. Unfortunately, the shotgun goes off and Tommy is wounded. Not killed, but wounded. Yeah, it's like a shot in the shoulder. They also realize that because the gun got, went off and the other the others haven't charged into the barn to see what's going on, he was alone and they have another chance to escape. Rachel Ward said, send to the house to gather anything they can while she starts leading the other kids off into the woods. And that's where we discover that they've killed the most likely Father Christmas killed Dabby Duck yes. when he tried to leave. Quite they, they find his, too, apparently. Yeah, they find his body strong as they're escaping. Yeah. So they escape into the mountainside, and that's where we get, you know, our, our third act kicks in. They find this location where there's only one way in. There's kind of natural moat around the outside of the cave. And they start MacGyvering the situation. They're, they're making spears and knives out of their pencils. Yeah, they're, they're going full Lord of the Flies, like, yeah, they're tribal digging, warfare. They're digging uh, tiger traps, yep. you know, for these guys to fall into if they attack. Because now they know they're only up against two. They're yep. still both armed with sawed-off shotguns. They, they even make a trap where there's this the stand of boulders that yes. they, they, they rig so that they can collapse an avalanche of boulders down on these guys should they have to. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is this is their fortress. Yeah. They go full like anthropology course on it. Oh yeah, and and they're they're hiding out hoping that because also unfortunately they, they didn't quite get the fire out at the barn. And that caused a fire. So maybe the, there's hope that the fire will bring the authorities or somebody to the situation. They've made their fortress. And unfortunately, Narelle, who, as earlier, is going through puberty. Yeah. And this is not the ideal situation to be this to be happening uh, for for her to have to be going through this, right? And she kind of wanders off. Rachel Ward goes out calling for her. That's unfortunately when we realize that the other two guys are still out there, and now they know they're with them. Right now, they know they're and close enough and within earshot. Yes, and this is where the final confrontation takes place. They're managed to get Narelle back to the fortress. The mouse has cornered Rachel Ward, and they're trying to battle it out, and they bring the boulders down. Rachel Ward, they both go tumbling into a trap, and it cuts, and we see Rachel Ward has made it out but Mac the Mouse has been impaled on all those little spikes. They yes. head into the cave, and Father Christmas... Some, go ahead. So, so, somehow the least gruesome of the deaths is the one that falls into the pit and spikes. Yes. Because this movie can be pretty gruesome. So they make it into the cave. 
the already unhinged Father Christmas is frenzied murder mode and goes charging into the cave after him to kill them all. But uh, he faces the wrath of all these students and they go well, full Lord of the Flies on <laughs> And it cuts to them all back. They've been rescued. They're back at the at the schoolhouse and teachers giving lessons. And the police officers who are this whole thing show up and say, you know, the um, condition of the body doesn't quite match what happened. I wonder what she told them. Well, they obviously didn't say we butchered this guy. Right. Which is completely justifiable as far as I'm concerned. Sure. And in the rage, I mean, they were fighting for their lives. Absolutely. You know, he came charging in with a shotgun, you know? Yeah. You know, you're not responsible for the fact that you continue to pierce the sky. You know, no, that this, this was a fighter. This was a fight or die situation, not even a fight or flight. They had nowhere place left to run. Plus, plus they're all kids. I mean, what's going to happen? Well, there's some creepy looks. Well, like, Brandon, uh, it's just like, but the, but the thing is, like, what's the point of not just saying what happened? You'd be well within your right. No. I don't think anyone's going to really care uh, at it, the end of the day. But the fact that you're covering it up is kind of weird. Like, unless she's I, trying I, to create, like, a band of supervillains or something. Like, well, like, why not just say was, what happened? I think she was trying to protect the kids. I, I think the we, time... We know now... She, made the wrong choice but 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 psychology back then probably you know maybe these kids even blacked out some of the younger ones blacked out what happened and oh you're thinking it was just like if we just never talk about it again yes although but then again yeah as you'll get to the final shot of their souvenir of the whole kind of proves otherwise too right but it is kind of an odd ending that that like the police seem to be almost like you're not being you're not telling but what difference does it make they were kidnapped they were dragged out into the woods by four shotgun toting maniacs and those four shotgun toting maniacs are now dead one of them they could easily probably prove was killed by the others oh sure he was decapitated and probably died of a shotgun blast right you know, it it doesn't it doesn't matter to. Uh, I, we're dwelling on things. Uh, yeah, it's just to show, like you know, the 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 ending is weird. Uh, the ending's a bit weird. Yeah, the ending but is I just weird. Kind of, but it also it doesn't tie it up like, and they lived happily ever after because they're going to have PTSD. No, I mean, and they almost tie it up like, oh, they got a taste for it. And like some backpacker is going to be murdered in two weeks just to see what happens. You know, that's how they end it. It's just a weird way to end the movie. Or these crops are next if they don't stop, drop the. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's going to go children of the corn any moment now. It's, it's a grueling movie. It really is. It's, it's, when I watched this movie as younger, I, I saw it more as a, adventure film. He saw it more like Robin and the Poseidon adventure, a bit more like Tommy. I did too, and, yeah. And Tommy. 
I see it much more like Rachel Warren and like, oh my God, what, right. how am I going to keep my, how am I going to keep these kids alive and myself alive? Right. And or your what, sanity. Because, and what's going to, it's almost like the, the, the line from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, who will survive and what will be left of them? Because no, these kids are not coming away from this situation unscathed. No, and to, and on a, and and we didn't really go over it because ultimately, you know, we want people to see the movie. But um, one of the other things too is that you're reminded throughout the movie, or Sally is certainly reminded throughout the movie that these kids are kids. So there's a lot of "Hey, Miss," <laughs> like yes. constantly as she's trying to just figure out like how to survive, how to feed the kids, how to get them even like clean and well, and everybody safe. There's co- "Hey, Miss." <laughs> You know, being... And she doesn't, she, you know, she, she reacts fairly at many times, but like she doesn't completely lose herself. Um, and that's admirable, honestly, because it, it just keeps going. When they're being forced into the cave and Tommy's like, I want to go next and I want to go next. And she's yeah. like, let's have Narelle go next to get him away from these creeps. And Narelle's like, very dirty. <laughs> right. Right. Like it's not now granted it's not the hardest thing that you had to deal with because the kids are just being kids, but that is a part that is definitely pointed out throughout the entire movie is it's not just them surviving, but she's still gonna be niece. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She's the adult in the situation. She's the teacher. You know, it's miss, I have to go to the bathroom. Miss, I have to do these. And these are kids. Yes. You know, and through, and through most of the scenes alone, which is much of the movie, it's it's yeah, it's a lot of that. It's it's a lot of like just honest questions by kids who are you know rightfully terrified and and want answers and want to be comforted and want to know what's going on. Um, well, when when they're first kidnapped too, and 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 Father Christmas is you know like let's go, and and she's like, oh, are we going on a picnic? Like, yes, yeah. we're going on a picnic. You know, trying not to pit and and it doesn't help that she's trying not to panic them and the kidnappers don't give a damn right the kidnappers don't care if these kids are wetting their pants or whatever you know right. they're they're just like being threatening right whereas you think you know at least and maybe even dabby duck if he was a bit more forthcoming like why don't we just calm down and you know if we don't scare the kids, maybe they'll react better. And that's, I think, a lot of what, what Rachel Ward is going through, too, is like, if you would stop terrifying them, they could think and, you know, be more for, more accepting of what you want them to do. Absolutely. And and that's the thing, like, when the movie wants to be violent, it gets very violent. Um, you know, again, the shotgun, the, the shot, uh, the, the way that the, um, you know, with the older couple, that they you know the, the house that they come across the way he gets killed um man i've never forgotten that like that you know it's not like the most epically like slow motionly gory kind of thing but it just really like hits you and that's what this movie will do like every so it'll go from like a nice like kind of song and the kids being you know kids and kind of cute and almost funny to just like hitting you in the face with like reminding you of the situation that they're in no this is not a hallmark family channel or lifetime movie no, no. But if you saw some of the stills, you'd almost confuse it for that. And then again, it it, it very quickly reminds you very, very violently, um, you know, that, nope, this is the situation that they're still in. And it's a very serious one. These are not bumbling, friendly comedy kidnappers. These oh, God, are, no. This is not the are, white bandits. No. These are these are evil dudes who got what yes. they had coming to them. And, and society was done a favor by what... Um, what ultimately happened to him. And again, these kids had no choice. No, no, absolutely not. 
but you know this is this is a, I, I kind of felt like again we saw this dozens of times with kids but I watched it you know now some 35 years later and I'm kind of like I felt like I was put through the ringer by the movie it's a different yeah it's an entirely different feeling it's because you feel a bit you feel, yeah it's it's an entirely different well, my you, you you identify with Sally more than you identify with the kids yes and my understanding of the danger and how threatening these guys were and even oh, yeah. you know, and i've seen the movie i knew they were going to get out of it alive but still it's like again and i think as a kid i didn't realize the effect it would have on these kids right later you know you don't know what ptsd is as a kid you know, you're sure. like, oh, and you see most of these adventures, like you see these movies with like the Goonies and the Goonies get away at the end from the Fratellis. And you think, oh, they've lived happily ever after. But again, in reality, you know, no, they have to put Sloth in some sort of home that yeah. probably doesn't treat Sloth very well. And these kids probably have some scars about the danger they were in. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um and and that's what this movie like it goes from these very like you know subtle like it starts off really effectively chillingly as well um when, just you know again you're just sitting in the woods and all of a sudden one of the kids is like oh hey there's back the mouse and sally rightfully is like all right stop playing around but you just see the look on their face like who the hell would be out here type of thing and in that mask it's creepy yes. as hell it reminds me of like it, it reminds me of halloween when um exactly when michael's getting spotted off in the distance it's really creepy they're sitting quietly in their classroom and and all of a sudden around the the yard you see the guy the guys moving into position and it's like i just saw dabby duck and i saw father christmas and Tommy's prank at the end went over a oh, lot Jesus. better than it would have gone over if I was Sally. Oh man, yeah, yeah. They just kind of laugh. It's a weird ending. That's the. It, this is a really weird ending. The more I think about it, it's a weird ending. It's a weird, weird ending. And by that, I don't. I don't mean what happened to Father Christmas. Screw him. I mean like the whole scene in the. The whole scene in the school, just feels, added on, you know. Because there's just stuff that I wouldn't say undermines the movie, but it, it, it kind of changes perspective for sure. When Well, that, and you know, I think because they, you know, at least we know, especially Sid and Tommy have a very close and loving family. And yeah. these kids are all, despite their, their differences of age, they all have each other. So hopefully the fact that they went through this all together and they're going to be in school together and it's a close-knit community, hopefully that means that they will have each other to help go through this stuff together. Sure. And again, we're overanalyzing it, you know. But yeah, yeah. This movie is is a realistic depiction of what's going on. Sure. So you get that more of a feeling of well, what's the realistic aftermath? Right. But and that's that's the thing. Like it, it's 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 very realistic throughout. And then at the end, it's not so much that it's unrealistic. It's like okay, I guess I could see that happening. But it's like, what are you trying to tell me here? Because if it was just as straightforward as, you know, how are the kids are doing after that awful thing that happened, that would have been a perfectly fine and acceptable ending. Instead, what they do is make it seem like they were into it the whole time, you know, and we're about to watch like a franchise of child killers. You know, it's a, it's a mean, really it's, weird ending. It is kind of a horror movie when, yeah. you know, it, when it's because this is a horrific experience that they're going through. Right. Um, you know, again, it's one of those movies that's. It's not a fun movie, but it's a good movie, and it's a movie 
Uh, like uh, recently, I saw a movie called The Liberation of L.B. Jones. Okay. It's an excellent movie. The last movie made by the fantastic director, William Wyler. Oh, okay. What else did he do? Um, the Best Years of Our Lives, um, Ben-Hur. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, oh, I mean, this guy's the director. He, he did so many, and it's all escaping me at the moment. But <laughs> um, he he's, again, he's unfortunately one of those guys where his movies are more well-known than he is. Sure. But L.B. Jones, the, the liberation of L.B. Jones is an amazing movie, but it's unflinchingly, unflinchingly realistic in its depiction of racism in the South during the 70s. So it's not a fun movie to watch. Sure. I know what you mean. Um, you know, because like even you, you watch Friday the 13th. Yeah, it's a horror movie and horrible things happen, but it's so goofy and over the top you know it's it's it's, it's an entirely an... different energy yeah exactly. it's an entirely different energy in context it's it's like trying to yeah it, it would be like trying to watch like a schindler's list or something or even american history x a, a movie i like um and enjoy but it's a rough movie to watch yes but it's a movie it's I a think gross people, movie to watch yeah. I, I think people will like this movie or or yeah like i mean at the end of the day you know retrospectively uh, retroactively you know, I was probably too young to have seen this movie for that, you know, for, for exactly the context that I got from it at the time. Well, again, um, well, I came well, out fine, obviously, and I wasn't dumb enough to think like, yeah, it would be great to be taken by a bunch of kidnappers and having to fight my way and survive out. Like, I didn't go that far. But I mean, again, it's 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 a movie really for that adults were supposed to watch and get, you know, sort of a horror out of it. Um, or at least, oh, older, yeah, you know, say R, it probably would have had an R rating if it was rated. Um. Yeah, because I mean, it was direct to HBO. I don't know. It was. It is it unrated? I didn't really look. I don't know of any rating. Yeah, because I don't remember like when we were kids, HBO only showed rated R after eight. But I kind of remember the movie being on around the clock. It could have been because then again, the eighties were a lot looser with this sort of thing. So. I mean, it's extremely violent, but there's no real nudity. So, I mean, it's not. And while it is violent, it it happens in the way violence tends to. It's very quick. Exactly. Um, It's not sustained violence. This isn't a war movie, and it's not. It's certainly not Friday the Thirteenth, where there's a lot of like deliberate gore because that's what you're expecting to see. In this movie, it's more like violence for the realistic sake of being very vast, very violent, very gross, for lack of a better description, unnerving, unsettling, but quick. And yeah. two of the killings happen off screen, even though sure. we know exactly what's happened when, you know, that poor old woman is screaming right. and then you hear the shotgun blast and silence. There's no, gee, I wonder what happened there. Right. You know, we know what's happened. Right. If if I were to guess this is at least PG-13, I wouldn't have been terribly surprised if it was R, but it, since it came out in 85, I wouldn't have been surprised at PG-13 either. But where it wasn't a theatrical release movie, they wouldn't have had to have it exactly yeah. rated by the MPAA either. Right. And, and you know, I'm thinking like, you know, what other recommendations? But there's some. There's really not much else like this. No, no. I mean, the closest and and um, no, yeah. Like I mean, you, the, yeah, the closest you would have to pick are technically wildly different genres. Like while this is a thriller, at least. Um, you, you could almost wander it into, say, Hills Have Eyes territory, but not really. I mean, because, again, usually when you see, you know, 
uh, movie where the kids are in danger and getting them. It's more in maybe not all the way, but it's more of a Goonies slash Home for Alone the, type of situation. For the time, definitely. Yeah, they were like escaping some cute alien that was really friendly, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or at worst, it was the Goonies where it was a Fratelli's, but it was kind of comical. Um, I mean, heck, even it's a great movie you know lost boys that was all vampires and stuff but they even managed to make that more like cool entertaining than you know even though it was actually that was could be pretty horrific at times too but um yeah i know i I don't really have a good i don't really have a good one for this one either i'd love to see how you connected to um magnificent seven though this is an exploitation thriller slash drama Mm -hmm. um and it's it's something that you know, and I don't want to pick on Hallmark or Lifetime. It's it's something that they would would do, but they would. Um, I don't know if they go quite for the gut as as you know they do in this movie. No, definitely not. It's I mean, yeah, I, I don't even know if they. And if this movie were made today, uh. I don't think they would have the younger kids in the movie. No, they'd be all older. They'd be yeah. That I'll be at least teenagers. But yeah, this is, I mean, I, I, it's one of those movies where I like, I highly recommend it, but I also, with the caveats that know what you're, what you're getting into. Right. Right. The... Um, I could almost compare it to an Israeli film called Big Bad Wolves. Okay. Which is a extremely gut wrenching movie, and it's one of the best films that I'm glad I've seen, but I wish I've never seen because you can't unsee the movie. But it's an incredible. Oh, it's just it's an incredible movie, but it's a rough, rough watch. I'll have to look that up, but I doubt I'll watch it. That's the case. Um, It is. It's. It's basically about this child murderer in um, it's, it's taking place in Israel. This detective is positive he's got the guy. He has two of his cops beating a confession out of him when, of course, he's caught. And they're like, well, now we have to let this guy go, you know, but, you know, and we have to investigate other leads. And it's like, I know it's him. I know the guy did. And it's like doesn't matter you don't have the proof and now we had to let him go because you were beating the hell out of him right and then the father of one of the girls who was little girls who was murdered devises a plan to go after the guy and the cop decide who's been kicked off the force decides he's going to go after the guy so the cop gets the guy in the woods and he gets the guy to dig his own grave and the cop's saying, I need you to confess and tell me where this missing kid is or I'm going to shoot you. And as he's doing that, the father kidnaps the both of them and brings them to this house that he has bought in the middle of nowhere and locks them in the basement. And he tells the cop, you're going to help me get the confession out of this guy or I'm going to kill you both and frame you for everything I'm going to do. Okay. Let's face it. If you're a dad and you're a hundred percent 
sure you've got the guy who has done, did horrible things to your daughter. You're not going to treat this guy well. Right. And while all of this is going on, the cop starts to becoming like the, the guy is being tortured so horrifically. This cop actually starts to question. Maybe he didn't do it. Cause, and the guy starts giving excuses like, well, you, you think this is why I did it, but this is what really it was. And you think this is evidence, but let me explain it this way. And now the cop is like, Oh my God, if he guy, if this guy did, he probably would have confessed by now. Even if he hadn't done it, he probably would have confessed by now. But, you know, now I'm kidnapped and I, it's, it's, it's a brutal movie. And like, there's all the questions are answered by the, the end of the movie, but you don't feel any better for having the answers. Right. Oh, wow. So 2013. Okay. It's a rough go. Yeah. But it's it's an extremely riveting movie. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the other only thing is there's, uh, and again, I think it was Lifetime that made a movie about the Chowchilla bus kidnapping, which is a very similar um, situation where three guys kidnapped a busload of children and the bus driver drove them out to a rock quarry, buried them in a shipping container. And then, you know, fortunately, again, the kids escaped and the kidnappers were all arrested. But, um, you know, instead of Rachel Ward, you get Carl Mulden. And I'll tell you, I don't think you need to guess which one of those two I would rather see in their underwear. (laughs) But yeah, do you have anything to, to recommend or? No, this is a tough one. Um, I, I like I said, I have the same. I think you did a pretty good job trying to come up with something. This is a this is a tough one because it's um it's a, again a totally different movie from like you said from when we first saw it till now. But again, I think that it, it that's entirely due to age. I still appreciate it. I just appreciate it differently than I did in the beginning. I believe the movie about the Chowchilla kidnapping was called... Um, oh, that's right. I was going to ask you that. They've Taken Our Children, or it's called Vanished Without a Trace, which is a terrible title because yeah, there was a trace and they were found. Right. Right. I was going to say, that sounds like the exact opposite of... You can see it on YouTube. Okay. But fair warning, you do have to see Carl Muldoon in his underwear. Okay. All right. So, uh, anything else to say about Fortress? Um, no. Except that, um, and this is apropos of nothing. There's obviously another movie called Fortress. Well, actually, several movies, I guess, called Fortress. But there was the Christopher Lambert Fortress, which also has Werner Waltz in it. Yes, and and uh, yeah, that's a futuristic prison escape movie, which is which is entertaining. Yeah, exactly. It's an example of what it is. And then there was a sequel, Fortress 2, where this prison is in space and he has to escape. That's right. Um, obviously, apropos of nothing except the similarly named title. But if you're looking it up, you know, yes, you'll see that as well. But this is yeah. the 1985 one. 
All right. So again, that just leads me to connect this to Magnificent Seven. Um, Which I mean, already... you should be able to do it via Rachel Ward. I've done Vernon Wells before, yeah. so I'm going to do Rachel Ward. And Rachel Ward was in Sharky's Machine. Okay. Which is a Burt Reynolds movie, but I've done Burt Reynolds. Also in Sharky's Machine is Bernie Casey. Okay. Bernie Casey made his film debut in Guns of the Magnificent Seven, which is the second sequel to the original Magnificent Seven. The second sequel, so the third movie. The third movie in the, the original series. Okay, and the second one was what, Return? The second is Return of the Magnificent Seven, yes. Gotcha. Okay, and then fourth is Ride. Yes. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Um, we thank you for listening. We thank you for thank coming you. back. And uh, remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Movie Matt Sorois, all one word, and on Instagram at Movie Matt Sorois, all one word. M O V I E M A T T S I R O I S. And if you want to kind of visit us on Facebook, look for the Asylum of. Uh, Weird, bad, and wonderful. The movie Asylum of Weird, Bad, and Wonderful group. Yeah, we'll have to get used to it. It's a it's a bit of a clunky title. Yeah. Well, unlike the TV movie Rewind. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. All the good titles are taken. Right. Well, we thank you for listening, folks, and hope to have you back next time. <laughs> Take it easy, everyone. Thank you. <laughs>